to this week's Sports Girls podcast. I'm Denise O'Flaherty and we are back focusing on the Ladies Football Championship which got underway at the weekend and I'm delighted to be joined by former Donegal star Nadine Doherty and Clare Jewel star Carol O'Leary. So good evening girls. Hi Nadine. Hi, Hi Carol. Busy weekend. First of all we'll go through the weekend's games first and we'll talk a little bit about them. In the Senior Championship Carol Galway had a four-point win over Kerry, while Cavan beat Armagh by a point in a terrific game. Now, I was at the Cavan-Armagh game, and it was just amazing. The two Mackin sisters scored 5-6 between the two of them. Cavan were behind by 11 points at one stage, and all. it was just, it had everything. And I have to say, well done to Niall McCormick, who done a fantastic ref in it. I suppose those two games, Galway, we expect them to beat Kerry, but our man might have been a bit of a surprise. Yeah, definitely. Um, we played both of those teams in the league, actually, this year, Evan and our yeah. man. And, you know, they obviously, they both have a lot of um, firepower up front. Mm. But, you know, it just showed such depth in, in Cavan to be able to have that turnaround and to cling on by <laughs> the smallest of margins. And I think it was a pressure kick at the end yeah. was it, uh, to get the win. Like, you know, so definitely that's such a huge result for them. And, like, that will do them you know, so much, um, you know, it's nearly worth a mm. win and a half in the circumstances. So it was brilliant, brilliant result for them. Armagh is probably a bit surprising because, yeah. you know, I know you mentioned the, the Mackins and, um, you know, they have such dangerous forwards that, you know, they only kind of got eight points. Yeah. I know they've loads of goals and six goals, but eight points is probably a low enough return mm. on, that, on that stage. But definitely that was, you know, such like a you know a score a minute anyway. So um, yeah, that was the interesting result, and I think the Galway one probably expected Galway to be a bit ahead of Kerry. Um, like again, there's a great video of Louise Ward. She just opens up every defence that she goes against. Really, she's just unbelievable the way she runs down the middle um, and gets scores goals. And I think there was another one that um, the ladies football had tweeted off her today as well. And you know, she's. She's an amazing player and, um, yeah, brilliant. Nadine, it was too easy for reigning champions Dublin against Waterford. While Mayo defeated Tyrone by three points, you know, fair play to Tyrone and it was a goal scored midway through the second half that actually was the decisive score in that game. Yeah, um, got Tyrone and we knew they'd, they'd bring a lot to the table but to be honest I didn't think they'd bring that much against mm. Mayo um, look, they're young, they're spirited, they're very very talented and I give them huge credit for that performance yeah. and as well without Neve Woods, I mean and she's their talisman, like yeah. she's their go-to woman, she has the experience um, look, they're a well-balanced team they have a really good free taker in Young Canada and I think she got maybe seven maybe four points actually from Freeze and then they have Neve O'Neill who seems to be able to score from everywhere they didn't miss a huge amount of opportunities um, any of the reports I was reading they missed I think three or four yeah. chances to win the game and I suppose that might come down to just that wee bit of composure that they're possibly lacking at the minute jumping from intermediate um, to senior um, Mayo will be relieved big time to have escaped Oma with that win yeah. um, puts a bit of pressure on Dunny Gall now um, I'll tell you in a minute you know, like that's a very, very tight group. So now that Mayo have their wins, you could necessarily say they might feel that they're safe. You know, they're through to to a quarter final, so the pressure will be on Donegal next week. 
Um, again, my old look, Rachel Cairns again, two, three, two, three, five. yeah. Yeah, she's really, really stepped it up this year in fairness to her. She's serious pace and she's just direct. You know, she's kind of like an old school forward. She just goes, goes direct. Um, I do expect better things from Mayo. Um, I feel that they will improve as the championship go on and I'm really looking forward to their clash against, um, Donegal. Um, and then, yeah, Dublin, look at any questions that maybe we were asking mm. them over the last couple of weeks. They answered them very professional, no nonsense. Um, for me, I think the return of Lindsay Davy was key to their performance. Um, I know they're still missing Sinead Heron, but I feel when Lindsay and Sinead or either one of them are in that team, they're a completely different team. Um, they got goals at really crucial times. You know, Waterford had a few chances, missed them. Dublin just killed them off with those goals. Um, in fairness to Waterford, though, I mean, they battled. Mm. They battled really hard throughout. I felt they didn't give up. Um, they had some strong individual performances. I think Maria Delahunty is just a class player. Um, I think she's excellent. Um, Michelle Ryan looked very dangerous early on, and they seem to have the tactic of the high diagonal ball into her on the edge of the square. Um, and I, I thought, God, they might get a bit of bit of change from this, but Dublin were very quick in um, crowding them out, and the halfbacks dropped very deep when the ball was going in, and they picked up all the breaks, and that really was Waterford's only plan going forward. They got a fabulous goal at the end in fairness to them and deserved it. But yeah, Dublin were fantastic. They were it was kind of that old Dublin tackling and pack working really hard and the pace they brought to it just, you know, Waterford really couldn't couldn't keep up with it. So Dublin will definitely be happy. They're happy to get competitive yeah. matches now at this stage, you know, so they'll be delighted with that. But I don't think Waterford will be overly disappointed with the performance. Definitely the scoreline. But I think they'll go into next week with, or this weekend, sorry, with a good bit of confidence after that. We'll move on to the intermediate, um, Nadine. Roscommon had too much for Lee Trump. Sligo defeated down. While Limerick actually scored two early goals, but were unable to cause an upset against Kildare. Roscommon, yeah. Look, Roscommon are putting up a big, big score. Yeah. Um, they were very impressive. Um, they were very impressive throughout Connacht. I think they could be dark horses to have a big say in this intermediate championship. Um, Leitrim, they got rid of the manager during the league. You kind of ask yourself what's going on in the county. Um players didn't seem to take any responsibility at the weekend so I could definitely see them struggle um, the fact that Offaly are in that group um, though might be Leitrim saving grace that could be um, a crucial um, fixture for them um, but yeah look Roscommon more momentum really going forward and then Sligo kind of you know it was a predictable yeah. you know we all knew Sligo would go there racking up a score of that size though was, was excellent you know 24 points against anybody is a huge return so they'll be delighted with that um, Limerick Kildare yeah look it was competitive enough Limerick went up by um, I think two goals in the first mm. couple of minutes um, and then Kildare just, it was just they probably have that bit more quality yeah. um, and that bit much more experience and intermediate um, they seem to have a great forward in Orla Sullivan she has seven points um, he emptied the bench with all his underage players at half time which was great to see so I feel Kildare you know I think two or three years there will really, really be competing um, in the intermediate. Carol, we'll talk about your extra game in, in a few minutes. Nadine as well, um, Tipperary, like they showed why they're favourites for the All Ireland with that win over Mead. I know Mead yeah. had a bit of a comeback, but that was some scoring by Tipperary. Like two goals yeah. in just straight from throwing. Yeah, straight from throwing. And funny, um, I was doing a, a panel discussion um, there last week in Crow Park, and 
Michelle Ryan actually mentioned Tipperary's ability to, to score goals straight from the throw-in, and they did it yet again. Yeah. They were up by, I think, about eight or nine points yeah. after about ten minutes. Um, so I suppose whatever expectation people had for a tight game, it nearly all but disappeared. But me seemed to battle well in the second half. Um, Emma Duggan again, I think she scored about one twelve or one ten. Brilliant display of free taking. Um, and apparently me have lost a few players to travel in the yes. States, which is which is really disappointing. Stacy Grimes is one of them, which is a huge yeah. loss for them. And yeah. you're, you're kind of thinking here, you know, you're. In, in with the shout for an intermediate All Ireland, and you're going travelling, or you know, it's kind of hard to understand. I I couldn't get my head around that. But look, tip in fairness to them, their management will probably be disappointed with the performance in the third quarter. Mm. They seem to fall back a bit, and he's pulled it back to I think maybe five minutes. But then look, their quality shone through. Um, Maloney got her couple of points. Um, Ashley McCarthy was excellent. Um, I'd say her stint away has now, you know, come back to help yeah. the cause. So, um, although I think um, there was a high free count as well that allowed me to, to stay in the game. Like if Emma Duggan scores those nine or ten yeah. from frees, it won't want to be repeating that defensive performance. But um, look, high scoring, great game. But I think come the latter stages of the championship, we won't be seeing a repeat of that result in terms of scoreline anyway. Yeah, Longford and Wicklow Drew, I was at that game. Yeah, Longford, you know, a few mistakes could have cost them. Though I have to say, you know, they're only been back training since last week. That a three-week gap with club championship games were end assured and didn't get a chance to have his players. And it kind of, you know, you know the ring rustiness there. Maeve Deeney yeah. had a fantastic game, I have to say now, for Wicklow. Yeah, so it's kind of, you know, it all goes down, obviously, to scoring differences because um, they're now one point. You're kind of hoping that you get your, your first yeah. points on the board against uh, a team like that. Carol, um, Wexford surprised a lot of people by claiming the Leinster Intermediate Championship by defeating Mead in that final. They defeated yourselves on Sunday. Tell us about the game. Yeah, so um, they beat us 3-10 to 16 points and I suppose, look, it was probably uh, may, like maybe on the back of their Leinster um, win it probably wasn't that much of a surprise but, um, you know, we played them in the league and it was a draw as well so, you know, they've really um, we beat them by la- last year in the championship by 8 or 9 points but they've really changed their game plan completely and, you know, they are just so fast and so athletic and it's their half back line is, is controlling everything and you know, kinda of Bernie Breen there in the in the middle it's very yeah, hard. Still going to strong, act. isn't she? Yeah. 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 So it's very hard to manage them the runners really is is, is what kills us and they're very direct with the ball, you know, they break the line and then it's a direct ball, they have the players inside as well. So yeah, it's you know, and like they're able to change it up as well. If you put a player back they can kick from 30-40 yards as well so definitely they're they've really upped it since last year they've they've got such a good panel now as well you know they introduced five subs and they all made a difference too and definitely I think yeah I don't think it was a surprise that they beat Meath like it wasn't a fluke anyway they are really well drilled and you can see it in them every single one of them is like really well drilled now in, in what they're doing Um you know, they actually had Bernie Breen sin-binned, we had Nevo D sin-binned, so, you know, it kind of went in waves, like, we went up two points um, in the second half when they got their sin-bin, and then we got our sin-bin, and, um, 
we missed a penalty as well and they missed a penalty so you know it was there was lots of excitement yeah. but um, yeah look I think they were probably deserving winners in the end but um, yeah we're lucky that like we can't really dwell on it too much mm. we've leashed now and it's do or die um, this weekend so uh, it's a very quick turnaround you know when you've been training all year and then in the space of seven days now it's two make or break in your championship yeah yeah you know so um, yeah look we're we're just trying to refocus again now like you know for, for Leisha on Sunday Nadine Anthony Masterson the Wexford manager seems to have really learned an awful lot from last year they defeated Meath in the championship last year and, and everyone predicted them to go well and things didn't go too well for them but they really set their soul out this year. You know, an okay league campaign because I suppose they wanted to stay in Division 2 but the main aim for them was to do something in the Championship. Yeah, um, funny, uh, again, going back to the launch in Crow Park, we, we met a guy, a Wexford man in the car park and he was giving out to us because we hadn't mentioned them at all in terms of tipping them to win an intermediate. He said, ah, you, you, gave, you aren't giving us a chance but I'll tell you, we'll show you... So obviously there's huge um, confidence in Wexford. Mm. They're building quietly. They were building slowly. Um, as Carol said there, their defence is really well organised, um, I feel. And look, at they have a good mix there of youth. Um, if they were bringing five subs on in a crucial championship match like they played at the weekend, then I think that speaks volumes of the confidence that the manager has in the panel yes. and the panel that's there. I mean, if they have 20 players to pick from, and they're going to be capable of closing out games in the last 10 minutes and that is what it comes down to in the latter stages so they definitely have they put their name in the hat big time for that intermediate championship so look it'll be interesting to see how they go we'll definitely be following them from here on in Carol in the junior Antrim had a two point win over Derry while Louth had a fine win over Carlo um, Derry were saying this year at the league launch they were hoping to you know, change things and do well in the league and that didn't happen and now in the championship to lose to their near neighbours Antrim Loud last year's beaten All Ireland finalists. I suppose they want to go one better this year. Yeah, definitely. I think Loud have kept up their form since last year's All Ireland. Mm. You know, they were really competitive in the league as well. And um you know, that's a big score to be putting up as well with, with four eighteen. I think yeah. that's a statement of intent there. And look, you know, I think that they could have felt that, you know, they probably underperformed a bit last year in the All-Ireland final. And, you know, I, I think they look like they're on the march back to that. Um, but I suppose with Derry, like, you know, Antrim again have been very competitive playing in the Ulster final and league final, you know, recently enough. And, but like, that's not a huge gap either, I mm. suppose, with Derry. And I suppose that is one positive that they can be looking towards is they are closing it. And they're not a million miles away from pace either. And I suppose a moral victory isn't much good to them either when they've been mm. training, training hard. But still, at least, it does make it a bit easier that, you know, they are getting they are getting closer, like, and they're not that far off the pace. Just the first weekend of the championship. But uh, you can add your own to this list Dublin will not let their crown go without a fight. Tipperary will take some beating in the intermediate. But Nadine, as you said, and as that gentleman from Wexford said, the Wexford girls are the dark horses. And after losing last year's All-Ireland Junior Final, Loud will be hoping to go one better. Anything else you learned from the weekend, Nadine? Um, I know Claire obviously lost to Wexford, but I 
and I've said it a few times, I love watching Clare play football and I think if if they get a result next this weekend, I think they will have a lot of say in that championship. As I mentioned before as well, Rick Common, I think the Intermediate mm-hmm. Championship is super competitive. Oh, it's I brilliant, think. yeah. It really is. Um, Meath, you'd wonder now, with those players gone, you know, what is the move in the camp? Are they going to fall back? It's kind of looking like it. Um, then in terms of senior, look, if, if, if groups go to plan and if quarterfinals go to plan, you could be looking at a Dublin Cork semi-final and a Donegal Galway semi-final in Crow Park. Um, the, the league I, semi-finals. Yeah, exactly. Um, I predict the same outcome as the league. Um, I've been saying Cork for a, a good time now. And, yeah, I just seen now in fairness Dublin. Look, Dublin are going through three in a row. They're the All Ireland champions. They're yeah. capable of anything on any given day. You can't rule them out completely, but I suppose I'd be looking at Cork. Um, Donegal Galway, very, very tight to call if it goes to the Donegal Galway semi. Um, I think if things go right for Donegal on the day in these matches, they'll be there, thereabouts. But um, looking at Cork firmly and look loud, you really can't look past loud in that um, junior. And from look for Mana. Again, on their day, they might cause a bit of a surprise, but I think Louds, they just have to be super focused this year. And I'd say those girls are probably thinking we have to get it over the line in 2019. So, Carol, apart from um, Nadine putting a little bit of pressure on, on Claire, but um, <laughs> we kind of said ourselves, Nadine, a couple of months ago, oh, sure, it's going to be a long for Claire, all Ireland final. But do you kind of agree with <laughs> what Nadine said from the weekend games? I know it's only one game gone, but. Are things going to pan out like that? Yeah, I think in in senior there's probably, like, you know, you have named out there the top four. Yeah. I'm looking forward to getting to see Cork playing championship football again. I think they've really been building. Yeah. You know, they, they had a kind of uh, rebirth nearly after they lost a lot of um, what had been their core or their backbone of their team. And, you know, they seem to be right up at that level again. So I'm looking forward to getting to see them play championship football now. Um and the same look, Donegal have been putting up huge scores and, and getting great results there between the league and the Ulster Championship and things. So um, definitely, I think senior, really, it is between those four teams. I, I, don't, think, um, I don't think any of the others yeah. are going to cause too many surprises. Um, you know, I know Mayo got a, a very close to Galway in the first Connacht final, but um, I think it will be hard to kind of maintain that again. So... Um, yes, yeah, senior-wise, I think you know it is between those four, and like I say, I think Cork could be coming right for for that too. The only thing is with Dublin, I just think their bench is their strength really. Like you know, when you see the type of girls that they have on the bench, and it's everybody is you know so easily brought in and brought out. Like you know, Niamh McAvoy was absolutely outstanding the last day. And they took her off, and it was just seamless. They, you know, she had gotten, she got player of the match afterwards, but they still continued on the last twenty minutes, like you know, and they just, like, they just have such a good unit. But um, intermediate wise, I think, yeah, you know, Tipperary obviously, um, like, put up a huge score with six goals. But I think it was, in fairness to the meat backs, like ten points, they held them in in that. Mm. I know, obviously, they got the six goals, but like, um. Tipperary will probably want to be putting up more more points than that but yeah I think it's so competitive in the intermediate like 
you know, even like the Limerick who've come up from last year, like, you know, they did and they'd probably be looking to, to do a little bit better in yeah. their first game, but like, you know, they'll be looking forward to playing down and playing Sligo. We played them in the um monster semi final and they really put it up to us, you know, it was so close and that was a game that everybody probably expected us to win by a lot more. So, you know, they've got really good firepower up front and um Rebecca Jolie is just absolutely flying it at the moment. She is a machine around the middle. So, yeah, I think um group one is probably what I'll say is the most interesting yeah. with, with that. I, I'm looking forward to seeing um results with, with Limerick and Sligo and, and that kind of thing as well. So, yeah, I, I don't think there's, like, I suppose, Wexford um, maybe were probably the the surprise of the weekend maybe but um, look they've they've really uh, you know I don't think they're dark horse anymore now they've absolutely mm. set out their stall with what they've done and um, yeah I think Leash probably shouldn't be underrated in their you know they got to see the two of us playing last weekend got to see how we set up and um, you know I'm sure they'll think that they can knock Wexford off their pedestal as well so um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think Loud are, are the ones to, to watch. I think, like um, Nadine said, Fermanagh, you know, Fermanagh and Angela yeah. have put up great games. Um, again, like the highlights, it's brilliant, the coverage. Um, yeah. And between the televising the games of the league final and the Ulster final highlights and everything, you know, they have definitely shown uh, some great performances too. But I do think, yeah, Loud. You can't look past that. Ladies, last week at the launch of the championships, it was announced that the All-Ireland senior semi-finals were going to be played in Crow Park. It's a fantastic thing for players, Nadine. I suppose, you know, you can't get enough games being played to your headquarters, and especially for the ladies who don't get to play there that often. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant and, you know... Credit to the LGFA and credit to the GA mm. as well. Um, I believe the new president was driving force behind it. Um, so that's brilliant to hear and possibly a sign of things to come in the future. Um, but it's brilliant. Uh, whoever makes it, obviously it's a day to remember. But I think as a GA community, a ladies Gaelic football community, we have to support those matches. Um, because if we don't and if it's a low crowd, you you know, you'd worry that it mightn't go ahead the following year. So I suppose it's just a call to everybody in the community to attend and support it, like we do the All Ireland final. I mean, the numbers have been incredible, and um, there and look, whatever four teams are in those semi-finals, they promise to be absolute crackers. And um, so hopefully, it's well supported, and it's something that's going to happen on an annual basis. Yeah, it is a great experience for players, Carol, to play in Crow Park. But as Nadine said we mightn't get the opportunity again to have our semi-finalists playing in Crow Park if it isn't supported. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's such a step forward. It's absolutely brilliant. And, um, you know, it's just such a great, um, you know, kind of salute to the work that those girls have put in and even, you know, just recognition of the standards of the game and, um, you know, I think it is, it's absolutely brilliant. I think, you know, it's so good for the girls to be acknowledged and to realise that they are at the, you know, the top table of, um, Irish sports. Um, but definitely, you know, support is what's needed. And, you know, I think that's going to have to be, um, that's going to have to really be pushed. I think, you know, again, we've, we've talked about the 2020 
on any of the podcasts we've done so far and you know this is it like now is the time to step up so it's you know people from every county should be looking to go to those games and um, definitely you know this is going to be a great day of football and like that's the, the pinnacle for what, what we're looking at is you know you'll have the four top teams in, in the country and you know some of the top athletes in the country so definitely um, you know it should be encouraged and every you'd love to see other girls going and young girls especially you know going up to see this even if their county's not involved just to to have role models and to see the skills on display That's exactly it because you look at the World Cup and how it caught so many people's imaginations. Dublin manager Nadine McBohan wants to scrap the provincial championships. Now, unlike the men's where, you know, one team is kind of running away with it or two teams, he basically has a point because in Leinster and in Connacht, there are just two senior teams in each province. So basically their first championship game is the final. Now, Dublin won their eighth consecutive final last month. And probably a bit like the men's, you know, it's kind of a, a run in the mill. It's kind of a, you, you go through the motions now. But for him, and as you said, you know, the win at the weekend was very good for Dublin because it was their first championship outing. He has a point per se, but it's tough then for obviously, you know, Donegal or maybe down in Munster where, you know, you kind of have your, your teams coming through. Yeah, it's, I can totally see his point. Yeah. I can see where he's coming from. But that's from a Dublin point of view. Yeah. Um, you know, you look back five years ago when there were four teams in Leinster. Um, you look back before that in Connacht, you had Sligo up senior for a while. Yeah. You know, these provincials, they ebb and flow in terms of the number of teams. Yeah. In Munster, you would have had Clare in Munster for a number of years. Um, it's just unfortunate for Dublin and for Leinster that Kildare and Leith have regraded, and me, sorry, Meath, have yeah. regraded in the last number of years. I wouldn't like to be going up to Ulster or down to Munster and telling them. Exactly. Uh, yeah, you know, and I don't think it's fair, to be honest, because you're, there's a huge tradition in Ulster, and the way I know from playing in Ulster, it's always competitive. Um, there's always a huge amount of um, talent there. It's the same as the men's, Nadine, though, as well. Yeah, yeah, you could say that, but, you know, I, as, as I said, I can totally see where he's yeah. from. I can empathise with him, but... You know, from a whole countrywide point of view, what's good for ladies football, I don't think to scrap the provincials, and that's my own opinion because of Ulster and because of Munster and because of how I feel the tide will flow back. Perhaps Wexford will win that intermediate this year. Then you're building again in Leinster. Um, now, Dublin have eight in a row in, in Leinster. Galway have won seven out of eight in Connacht for the last number of years. But they've been more competitive matches I suppose yes. that has more of a function I suppose um, it's a tricky one and I can see where he's coming from but I wouldn't be for it to be honest um, what I would suggest though in terms of regrading I think there's teams are very quick to try and regrade um, without being relegated and I think that's possibly something that the LGFA may have to look at um, down the line that you're working with the team possibly in terms of development um, I know going down to intermediate can help the team build and it can give younger players a chance I suppose at a lower level but then it's having that negative impact on your Leinster Championship let's say so yeah because you look at Mead and everyone thought it was going to have a positive impact on them maybe they should have stayed in senior because you probably attract players quicker but yeah like I remember playing Mead when I was working with West Mead and I mean any game we had with, with Mead was very very competitive yeah. the same with Leash for those number of years um, so yeah I kind of did question that like what, why just 
regrade, you know, but again, I can't, you know, I'm not in the meat camp, yeah. I'm not in the leash camp, you don't know exactly yeah. what's going on, but um, maybe better structures within the counties and operating at senior level would be best for everybody and provincial championships. Yeah, Carol, yourself, you know, we mentioned Ulster and Munster as being the two provinces where, you know, games have been competitive and there's more than two teams that are capable of winning a championship. Yeah, Mick Bowen, he's talking from a Dublin point of view, but when you look at it on an overall point of view, it's very unfair to teams in Ulster and in Munster. Yeah, definitely, because, like, even with, say, at the intermediate, I think in Munster it actually is really good because, you know, you get two group games, and um, then you get your final and it is very competitive like you never know like Waterford are just as competitive as Kerry and Cork yep. you know who might be the kind of more traditional stronger counties in the senior and um, then like you know realistically we had a very competitive game with Tipperary and with, mm-hmm. with Limerick at the intermediate level as well so I do think um, we're probably operating at what we should be at the moment. Like, you know, I, I think it's good to have games earlier in the season. And, you know, I understand why a straight final isn't good for anyone. But um, definitely, I, I do think, yeah, the, the provincial is something special as well. Like, you know, it's, it's great. And it's another trophy that's an offer, like, you know, because I suppose that bit of silverware might be such a, you know, a saving yeah. grace for a team at the end of yeah. the year. And, like, you know, like... I'd have loved if we'd won the Munster final like you know that that would have really made a, a big difference to whoever is training all yeah. year and everything because only one team can win the All-Ireland you know but it is more silverware that's on offer and realistically that has a huge bearing on um, you know on girls playing football and enjoying football is you know winning is definitely going to to make it a bit easier like to stay to stay at it so um, I think that the more kind of opportunity you yeah. have at doing that the better. It's mad Nadine how football has changed because I'm thinking back to when Diana Hora was managing Longford and Longford won um, oh, I don't know many intermediate championships in a row but it was always like Longford playing Wicklow in the final because there was those two or maybe London an odd time and now when you think of how many teams are in the intermediate championship now in Leinster and obviously the only two so as you said you know how teams have regraded in the last couple of years Yeah and you know look it works, it does work mm. sometimes and it's not that I'm totally against it but I still think we have relegation do we scrap the relegation and then let teams decide you know, whether or not to go down, yeah. like look at Tipperary with all due, and even I feel players well, with all due respect to intermediate teams, I would feel that Tipperary should not have been relegated yeah, last yeah. year or Cavan, and we've discussed this on numerous occasions, I just feel to build your senior championship you can't be relegating teams like it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Something that you're trying to build and build and you're taking away from it each year. Um, so I think that's something to look at. But on Carol's point, which I agree with 100%, in terms of silverware on offer, it, yeah. it is an incentive for girls to commit. Like I look at Donegal there. They got three in a row in Ulster this year. They are a team in transition and there's a lot of girls who are there a long time and had that Ulster final carrot, let's say, not been dangled in front of them in November of 2018, I don't know how many of them would have gone back to play for Donegal. You know, there was a a really strong opportunity of winning an Ulster Championship and then a good opportunity of going on in the All-Ireland Series. So I just feel, taking the Provincials away, yeah, I, I just don't know why or aside from perhaps Dublin's provincial final not being competitive.
aside from that that's the only reason for them to be scrapped Carol, um, this weekend members of the WGPA will be wearing pink laces um, at all their games. It's a major fundraising drive for Breast Cancer Ireland. Can you tell us a bit more about it? Yeah, so the WGPA has teamed up with um, Breast Cancer Awareness Ireland and um, they have distributed pink laces to each cancer team, Kamoki and Ladies Football, um, through the rest. And each squad member has and been encouraged to wear the laces so um, there's lovely white laces with the pink ribbon on them and there's pink ones as well and um, basically it's just to raise awareness you know because um, it's it's mad as the kind of the campaign got um, was building like the amount of people that have been touched by cancer yeah. and breast cancer um, in some form shape or form in their life through whether it's family or friends and yeah it's just um Look, it's an awareness campaign, and like you know, if if it does raise some funds for for the for the charity, it would absolutely be brilliant as well. And you know, um, it is it's just a great opportunity, and it shows um, the respect that there is for intercounty ladies footballers as well that they can you know have such an impact um, for good as well. Like you know, outside of the the sporting games, how they can actually impact others too. So definitely, um, it's a brilliant it's a brilliant opportunity to maybe um, spread some information on it and, you know, hopefully it'll it'll be a huge success. Nadine, it's something small, but it can have a huge effect. Yeah, it's a great initiative. Um, and, you know, I suppose not the first either with mm. the LGFA or the WGPA. I know the, the Dublin team, they were heavily involved with Aileen's Pink Tie, probably yeah. still are. Um, you would have had a number of years ago a lot of players wearing uh, pride laces as well for different matches um, so again look another really important you know as, as Carla said pretty much everybody in the country has been affected by yep. cancer or breast cancer at some point so it's brilliant to raise that awareness and, and hopefully raise some funds Carol you mentioned obviously the lady footballers will be wearing them uh, Camogie players as well the Camogie over the weekend, unfortunately for Claire, their journey has ended. Has games kind of gone the way you expected it over the weekend in the Camogie Championship? Um, yeah, I suppose um, we'll say from from our group, um, you know, Cork had a big a big win three twenty two to one five over Meath, um, you know, and like really, Meath probably have. I think done better than people expected. Like, you know, we only got over meets by a point. They yeah. were very competitive. Um, you know, but Cork are just showing their class again. Um, Dublin and Tipperary was, was probably um, closer than I thought it would be. You know, Tipperary have shown a lot of firepower and it won 11 to 9 points to, to Tipperary. And then, unfortunately, Waterford, um, 210, Clare, 12 points. Um, yeah, it's you know, it's very disappointing again, I suppose. Um, you know, we've got so many big players and who have been absolutely starring for, you know, Ashburn and colleges and everything and we just don't seem to be to be clicking at, at the county scene at the moment and yeah, it is it's hard. Um it's the first time in a few years that we've been out before the group stages are even over. So it is it's very disappointing. And, you know, ourselves in Dublin are playing next week in, you know, um, a dead, a dead rubber. And 
it is it's very disappointing um you know, I suppose people had kind of said at the start that it would be Cork, Tip and Waterford that would probably emerge from the group. But, um, yeah, look, we, again, we kind of failed to, to be dangerous in front of goal. I think between our league campaign, our Munster Championship and the all of our group games, we've only scored one goal this year and that was from a penalty. Um, Chloe Morey scored last week. So, you know, I suppose that's not a good enough return. Um and yeah, it's kind of come back to to bite us. Like Waterford are very dangerous, you know. They have super players, and they're built they on last have, year. Yeah, they have built hugely on last year because they have, you know, obviously everyone knows about Beth and the Rockish, yeah. and they're both brilliant players. But like they have, like Lorraine Bray, I think was kind of the player of the game the last day, and the same they have, they have so many more players outside of them now, and you know they've with Trish Jackman back and. You know, Annie Ling and like any any Fitzgeralds and everyone, they have a lot more to offer than I think what people are are giving them credit for. In you know, it's not just this. Like I know she's an absolutely outstanding player, but they have they have a lot of very good players around her as well. Yeah, and then in the other game, Galway against Limerick. So we kind of know the story now for quarterfinals, and as you said, unfortunately for Claire, it's kind of a you know kind of a meaningless game at the weekend. But for the big ball, there is lots at stake this weekend. Nadine, we'll start first with Saturday's games in the senior. A doubleheader in TEG Cusack Park. Your own Donegal tick on Tyrone. That will be a nice game. Two Ulster teams. While Cork, their first outing, they face Cavan. Monaghan then play Waterford. Um, yeah, look, Donegal, Tyrone, Donegal should have too much. Um, but look, Tyrone showed against Mayo and they showed against Donegal in the Ulster semi-final or the Ulster um, first round mm. that they're here to play a huge part in the championship. Um, they'll be out to get revenge for that defeat. But I expect very close encounter, but I do expect Donegal to have um, a bit too much. Um, fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> and then Cork Cavan, ah, look, you can't really look past a comprehensive Cork win and um, I think Cavan's defensive frailties have been really exploited like six goals against um, Armagh and Armagh so, made a few mistakes Nadine as well you know yeah, they gave away yeah, the ball in possession they should have won yeah, actually Armagh yeah. yeah and and I think Cavan conceded 24 points against Donegal like they're huge scores to be leaking um, so I think yeah a heavy Cork win um, and I can't see Cavan bringing too much mm. to the table Man and Waterford yeah look Manon I suppose we haven't heard from them or seen sight or sign of them from their relegation in the league um, they had a heavy defeat to our man Ulster they've, look, they've kept a low profile I feel very much a team in transition mm. I don't know too much about them at the minute but you know look they won't want to lose this game because this really is your relegation game you know for a place in a relegation playoff um, they don't want to be relegated from senior championship to accompany a league relegation so they definitely come out fighting um, I think though from what I've seen of Waterford and you know read of Waterford in, in the Munster Championship and seen in the league um, even after that heavy defeat to Dublin I think it'll stand to them even playing at that pace um, you know if you play against a team of that pace it only brings you on yourself They've had those matches in Munster. Very competitive Munster final performance against Cork. Um, they probably have a wee bit more confidence at the minute than Monaghan. So I think Waterford to sneak a, a tight game. Carol, also on Saturday in the intermediate, Mead play Wicklow and then Sunday we have Westmead and Galway. 
the Mead game, Mead will want to bounce back. Wicklow will feel, you know, they could have got something more out of the Longford game. Yeah, I think um, even with anyone discuss Mead and um, losing players, I think that Mead will will be the ones to to kind of bounce back after that. I think definitely, you know, they'll be not happy with conceding six goals, yeah. and definitely, I think that Wicklow could be on the end of a. Uh, a kind of a uh, you know maybe needs trying to make an impact and make a statement. So um, you know I I don't think they'll run away with it. With are a very good team, but um, no, definitely I'd be I'd be favouring me. And uh, with Westmeath and Galway, I think Galway is um, you know just based on like you know after getting over uh, Mayo in the kind of final, and then you know a, another good win last weekend. I think Galway. Galway will get past Westmeath. Nadine, also on Sunday in the intermediate, uh, myself and Carol will stay out of these two games. Tipperary entertain Longford. Leash are at home to Clare. Uh, yeah, you, look, you, you can't really look past Tipperary, um, especially after the weekend and the score they put up. Um, I, I don't think the management will be overly satisfied though, as I said before, with that third quarter performance and as, as Carol just said there now about maybe me wanting to make a statement I think Tipperary will want to make another big statement and we should get a really good performance and Longford may find themselves I suppose on the wrong end of possibly a heavy scoreline um, Leaf and Clare yeah I expect the reaction from Clare um, I hope so um, I think there's just too much quality in that team um, that it, that they, you know, young kind of an experienced leash team will probably struggle to contain them. Um, and it's kind of your day for Claire, really, you know, because it is a competitive group. So I expect a, a decent match um, with Leash having just just struggling. I feel and, and Claire to win by by a good few. We'll give you the rest of the the games in the intermediate. Carol, Offaly take on Roscommon. It's Sligo and Kildare, and Down and Limerick. Um. Yeah, so I think um, Offaly and Roscommon, I do think um, Roscommon are, you know, I think they definitely, um, you know, I got to see them twice last year. They played before us, and I think that they have a lot. I think they're probably a bit underrated, and they have a lot to offer. Like, you know, putting up 23 points in, in Davis football is a huge, huge achievement. And I think, again, you know, they're building on that. Offaly, this is going to be their first game, and, you know, it, sometimes it is hard to get to the pace. Um, but Roscommon is, is who I'm going with on that one. Um, I think Sligo and Kildare will will be a close one. Um, it's a hard one to call, but I think Sligo actually might might surprise us with that one maybe a bit. And um, down in Limerick, I think Limerick. Limerick, um, you know, they've, they've got their first um, championship game under their belts now. And okay, what? Well, the results they wanted but I think that they have a lot of pace um, you know like we played down last year now and you know we did struggle with them for probably the first 30 minutes but I think that's where Limerick's kind of fitness will come through It's only the first weekend as you we said but just so looking forward to a great summer of football like the two games I was at at the weekend just fantastic game of football so entertaining though I have to say big difference between performance of the referees and we talked about consistency um, down in the cabin obviously there was water breaks and Niall McCormick played about seven minutes of stoppage time because we had water break and injury and substitutions yesterday in Longford 
we were expecting about three, four minutes max stoppage time. There was only one minute of stoppage time and it was blown up when Longford were actually in possession and on the attack. And I just found it a bit strange, you know, because there had been a water break. There had been a number of subs as well. So what is the story with stoppages? Does anyone know? Uh, I don't have a clue, to be honest. Um, I would imagine that the ref generally, you know, that the referee were two watches mm. and they time it and it's fairly straightforward in, in terms of how long, you know, what the difference mm. is between the two watches. Um, was at a match recently and the ref played, I think, seven minutes and we had a time that the ref should have played 12 minutes. I don't know how that would go down with players, with management, with the crowd. If you're playing 12 minutes injury time, like, that's a long time. Yes. You know, that's, that's asking players to play... Well, probably 80 minutes of football if you take into account yeah. the extra time from the first half. You know, we're a 60-minute game. It's it's really tricky, and I suppose it depends on the ref, really, because you might have a ref who will only stop their watch if it's going to be a prolonged break. You know, but if you have a ref stopping the watch for a 20-second delay or a 30-second delay, like, that's not a huge amount of time. Then you could argue in another the other side of it that if you're, the losing, if you're a team losing by a point... And, you know, you're going into injury time. You want as much time as possible to play. But it is very tricky. And I suppose maybe it brings up the question that you have a separate timekeeper on the sideline. Um, I don't know. You know, the LGFA have been fairly proactive and we've been trailblazing in terms of the Simbin and the countdown timer. Like, the countdown timer is fantastic when it's in play. Um, do we maybe look at bringing in something like that um, for matches for the time where it isn't available? Yeah, because, Carol, actually in Cabin on Saturday... The fourth official was asking me like how many minutes were left they, and you know and the people were asking from both benches I was over that side you know how many minutes stoppage time and he was like oh well I think he's going to play he hadn't a clue yeah. and I was there going what yeah. you know you're meant to be a fourth official you know you're meant to be the standby ref should it be your job you know to, to kind of keep tabs yeah, on, yeah. On, on the time you know I just thought it was a bit yeah. weird yeah yeah no I definitely think it can be frustrating mm. for teams and they don't understand what kind of method to the referee, what the referee is kind of following but I do think that you know some referees stop it stop the watch for everything and yeah. um, you know I think it's again I say words of the of the year for us in our podcast that we've had is consistency with yeah. regard to referees <laughs> and um, yeah like you know I suppose and even just when you said about in possession again it is funny because like um, in the first half of our, we had water breaks now in our game as well. Yeah. Where to be honest, it was brilliant because you know that was the next. Like we got to go in and you know even if it was only thirty seconds, you had thirty seconds as a team to kind of try and gather and regroup. Yeah, and that makes a huge difference to the team if you know you need to change markers mm. or you need to set up a you know change the system or whatever and things. So definitely, and like they were really needed as well. The heat in in Dunbeg was absolutely unbelievable. But um, I think at least you know the referees are are using the common sense with that. Like you know that's that's really important. But the stopping when teams are on the attack, yeah, it happened twice actually. One before a water break and one just before half time. Um, one for us and one for Wexford. But it is it's funny like when girls have the ball on the, the twins yeah. like and. Around the attack, yet to just blow it is 
you know, I can I can see why teams will get frustrated with that. But. Yeah, no, it was just something I, I just said, you know, um, I know I'm probably speaking as, you know, because I'm from Longford, but I just thought it was strange. And even people, talk, I was talking to people from Wicklow, and we were saying, like, you know, just a minute of stoppage time, we, you know, we couldn't believe it. And then obviously Longford were on, but as end up sure, the Longford manager basically said, you know, he he didn't you know the draw was probably a fair result because Longford didn't play like they could. Listen, girls, after the first weekend, we've had lots to talk about. So I kind of looking forward for the rest of the summer. Nadine and Carol, thank you so much for joining me this evening and giving us your expert opinion on um, ladies football and Carol obviously Kamogi. We'll be back next week with another podcast. So until then, slong a fool. Mm-hmm.